Welcome back to the Worst is Yet to Come podcast. I'm Andrew, and I'm joined with my co-host, Harry. What's up, man? Hey, man. So this is uh, a little bit of a milestone for us. This is our 10th episode, and it's also the third and final episode in our little mini-series about George Washington. So we're really looking forward to this. And um, since you're predominantly the expert on the subject, buddy, I'll let you start us off with this and kind of keep the ball going. All right, cool. Uh, so to recap, uh, we left off with uh, the victory in the Revolutionary War. Uh, you know, Washington beat Cornwallis, pretty Paris, uh, and that was 1781. Uh, Yorktown was in 1781. Pretty Paris was 1783. Um, there was a little bit. There was a little bit of a intermediary period uh, for Washington after that. Um, so 1783 was when the Treaty of Paris was signed. In the in those interim years, the United States had a system of government that was based around the Articles of Confederation, which I'm just going to like summarize that a little bit. Um, essentially, it was the like document that w- that kind of established our government before the Constitution. And the Articles of Confederation um, was kind of it, it was a it was bad. It wasn't very it wasn't effective at all. Um, like under the Articles of Confederation, the uh, United States didn't have a president. Uh, like it had no executive, really. Um, and it there was just the the Congress of the Confederation, and like the president of the Congress essentially acted like a uh, president essentially. But uh, it was just really ineffective. Like it couldn't it couldn't levy taxes. All the states were like uh doing their own thing like currency wise and like monetarily wise and they had like their own debt and it was really messed up there was no standing army um it was really ineffective so uh when it came time to do the constitution um with the constitutional conventions and everything like that it was kind of unilaterally recognized that like no there needs to be an executive um, and that under the new constitution, the three, you know, primary branches of the government, uh, the executive, judicial, and legislative will be like set in stone. There'll be these systems like checks and balances in place that keep all of the branches of government from becoming too powerful. Um, that way there can be, you know, like dictator or, and that Congress can be a dictator and that the Supreme Court can be a dictator and the president can be a dictator. Um, so Washington, because based purely on that, that leads us to where Washington came in. He, you know, having kind of been the the hero of the Revolutionary War and the most famous man in the you know colonies at the time, um, and now the states. So Washington was just universally known as like the hero of the Revolution. And so when it came time to like ask like who was going to be the president. Everyone just kind of assumed, like, oh, you just give it to Washington. Um, and he, he, again, took it, like, the same kind of way of that he took the, you know, commander-in-chief role of the Continental Army, like, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm humble to accept this, and I'm, you know, below the office, or, you know what I mean? Um, so he was uh, unanimously elected president in 1789. Uh, becoming the first president of the United States of America. And uh, it's funny, at the time, under the system, there was no system of, like, a running mate, like a vice president or whatever. Um, 
So what happened was the guy that lost or had the had the second amount, the second most electoral votes was John Adams, and he oh. was the vice president. <laughs> like the guy that you know lost <laughs> was the vice president. Kind of funny. Um, and it was like that even up until like uh, I forget which president. It's, they stopped doing it at, but like uh, I think even like up to like Lincoln, because really? the president after Lincoln was like was it Jackson? Which one? Sorry, I was looking that up. Oh, I, yeah, I, I Johnson. Know. No, sorry, I was looking it up. It was the uh, Andrew Johnson. Yeah, it's Andrew Johnson was the president after Lincoln, and like that was Lincoln's uh, like vice president. Um, so like he had like lost, <laughs> um, but he was a, like a Democrat. So like after like Lincoln had like done all this shit and like done all this good shit to like, you know, be like, Oh, we need to make it to where like the Southern States just like can't essentially institute slavery or like treat African-Americans like dog shit anymore. <laughs> like Andrew Johnson was like, uh, yeah, we're not going to uh, do any of that shit anymore. <laughs> But like all the good shit like Lincoln did, like Andrew Johnson was like, Oh yeah, just, we're not gonna do any of that. So like that was the play that was the system in place. So the like when the presidency was first established. Uh was that like the loser <laughs> would be the vice president. Um it's kinda weird, kinda dumb. Um, mm-hmm. but John Adams was the vice president. And um uh, it's, it's funny, uh, Washington was the first and uh, as of yet only president in the United States history to not be a member of a political party, um, which I know we talked about before. Uh, Washington like famously um, thought that they would like undermine the sovereignty of the United States. Um, like he was like, he would like warn everyone of like, oh, political parties are real bad. And in his farewell address, I, I'm going to read a bigger portion of his farewell address later, but to close out the podcast, but. Uh, I want to read a little snippet here where he talks about political parties in his farewell address. And it's kind of like a warning to, you know, the people. It says, however, political parties may now and then answer popular ends. Uh, They're likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to a just dominion, to unjust dominion. So he's kind of like saying, you know, political parties can serve a purpose in, for instance, like, you know, bring in to like monarchy and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, but he's like, he's also saying, but it gets to a point where, you know, cunning, ambitious, and, you know, morally compromised men can, you know, undermine the authority of those political parties, subvert the power of the people, and, you know, obtain power within the government and just kind of like fuck everything up. Well, you know, it's kind of funny when you, we talk about how he is like anti party, right? So this kind of ties into what I talked about earlier about like the full like Freemasonry thing is he was anti party, but he was an active Mason, okay? And when he was sworn in as president, he used a Bible that was provided by the local like yeah. Mason Lodge, right? Yeah. Which is kind of funny because he, he's anti party, but he's part of a essentially a fraternity for, you know, yeah. 
a and, club, yeah, like a social club. Yeah, a social club. Yeah. Where, I mean, where there is a lot of political power and connections being used through it. So I think it's maybe that's a little. I don't know if it's hypocritical or just it's, it's kind of like um, I don't know a parallel maybe to like a party, but it's serves another purpose. Yeah, well, I think mostly those were just like I think those were just seen as like social clubs for you know wealth, wealthy or like well-to-do people. Yeah, but and I think back then like. Because back then it was more common of like, you know, this idea of like, oh, wealthy people are all like involved in politics and shit. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah, like, not really. Like, even back then it was like, there were there wasn't this really system of like, back in the day of like, oh, you like donate money for this like campaign like that like wasn't a fucking thing back then. No, I mean, like, that yeah. just didn't happen. It just like didn't happen back then. So like, like they really like, yeah, like okay, the social clubs. It was also like. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, the, it's the, the the aristocracy. Like, if that's any kind of like thing of it, it's like, yeah, like all, yeah, like they're together in the point that like their interests converge. But beyond that, it's like, I mean, because like even see like members of like those fraternal orders, like they could disagree politically, and like they did, <laughs> like, um, like like Jefferson and. Uh, was a Hamilton like they fucking hated each other <laughs> like like and the, their two political parties like would begin like the first party system like yeah. the Jeffersonian Republicans and the Democratic Republicans um but I think it's I think back then like nowadays you get the idea of like oh they're like into some secret shit but it's like like back then I think it was just like for rich dudes who are like fucking bored to like get away from their yeah but property you have you have, you have those social connections of who knows yeah. who kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, like the they, they, it, it comes. Yeah, but it comes into play. I'm not saying it's like an established, like oh, you're part of society, do what we're saying thing. It's more of like oh, well, I know this guy. He's a he's a he's a fellow Mason, so maybe I'll kind of show yeah. a little bit of a uh, favor to him or something. Yeah, but I'm saying like, which, which is proven in Washington's past. Yeah, but I'm saying like at the time those, like that tradition of like. That that like established political tradition, like to be corrupted, had yet to be founded. You know, what I mean, it's like right. that now. It's like that now. Yeah. You know, what I mean, but like at, at the time, it was like still new, and I'm not saying it didn't happen. Like, give it time, uh, people will corrupt everything. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought this was funny. I wanted to mention this. Um, he preferred the title of Mister President. Um, because that's like a that's like a really at the time that was like an inf- really like informal like title like you could be like the like local government guy and you'd be called the president because you're like presiding over something um, and he just he preferred the title of Mr. President um, but like the Senate uh, they proposed two other titles which I thought was hilarious and like in it, like a lesser man imagine them being in this position so the other options were His Excellency. And his highness the president. Can you imagine someone now saying <laughs> oh, his his yo. excellency Fuck. Joe Biden or like his excellency Donald Trump? Like, come on, that'd God. be a joke. Or his highness <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> his highness. His the highness president. the president, Joe Biden. I'm not trashing Joe Biden, but I'm just saying just whoever the president is to be fucking ridiculous because we know what those yeah anybody <laughs> anybody yeah. bro like uh yeah like <laughs> oh and like like i said like do any lesser man than washington 
Yeah. Would have been like, you will refer to me as His Highness the President. <laughs> his, hi- like, his Highness yeah, Bill Clinton. <laughs> like, God. Fucking Rich- Richard Nixon, Jesus. His Highness. <laughs> his Jesus. Highness the President, Tricky Dick. Fuck. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. So, um, uh, he was credited with establishing like a ton of these like executive precedents, like that are just, this is normal now. Um, Washington started all of these like traditions or like precedent of he started in the inaugural address, like you were talking about the swearing on the Bible. Well, there's there's another um, point I want to add just quickly about that is he had it open to Genesis 49 during the ceremony. Apparently it was random, but experts think he purposely did it, and that's actually like a blessing from Jacob. And he says, you know, gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in the days to come, and then it continues on with the blessing. So people think George Washington opened it to that that page and you know use that because it kind of you know goes along with what he's doing. You know, gather around so I can tell you what's going to happen in the days to come. Yeah, oh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um. So okay, so he so he did the inaugural address. Uh, he sent letters to Congress saying like, "What's up?" Um, and like the congressional like addresses and stuff, like the State of the Union, shit like that. Um, he also appointed. Um, he also started the tradition of like appointing a cabinet system, it's like the thing that we have now, like you know, Secretary of the Treasury, so all that shit. Uh, he started it. And his cabinet was, you know, real small because we don't have all of the stuff we have now. But so his cabinet was four members, and it was uh, his cabinet was Thomas Jefferson uh, was the Secretary of State, uh, Henry Knox as Secretary of War. Which, if you remember, Henry Knox was the guy that got him his cannons and shit in the uh, Revolutionary War. Um, Alexander Hamilton was the Secretary of the Treasury, and Edmund Randolph was the Attorney General. Which uh, the Office of Attorney General um, and the Supreme Court, which is another thing Washington or was passed during Washington's presidency, the, the Judiciary Act of 1789, I think it was, where it established the Office of the Attorney General of the United States and the Supreme Court of the United States, and uh, uh, Washington appointed the first six judge justices of the Supreme Court. Pretty important. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think it's a pretty important thing because you know the Americans, their main issues, right, were caused from you know issues with like you know laws and courts. So one of the things they do is establish what they find to be a fair and effective way of judging and passing laws and dealing with these kind of things compared yeah. to the British system, which they felt unjustly, you know, under the under the yoke of right. Yeah. So I think it's it's pretty cool that he set it up right away. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is a thing that that we both uh, mentioned. When we were doing the research. He made November twenty sixth, uh, seventeen eighty nine, a day of Thanksgiving, and a day to promote national unity. Because again, at the time, like I was saying, Articles of Confederation had it to where like all of the states were like individual, and it was a confederation of states that made up the United States, rather than. A large central government that is made up of smaller states. You know what I mean? Well, because they're still trying to figure out what's right. They're still trying to figure it out. And uh, so to promote 
uh, like national unity he made like uh, november 26 1789 89 a day of thanksgiving and like oh we should all promote national unity like this is this is one country we're, we're a country you know i mean it's not we're not like Virginians or Carolinians or whatever. It's like, we're Americans first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, about that, he said, it is the duty of all nations to, to acknowledge the providence of almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And he spent that day. It's funny. We spent that day eating and shit, but he spent that day fasting and actually visiting, uh, debtors in prison and he took them like food and beer and shit, which I thought was real cool. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, imagine you're sitting in jail because you didn't pay some shit back. Fucking George Washington walked <laughs> the fucking beer. God. Jeez. Um. So, uh, as I said, Alexander Hamilton was his secretary of the treasury. Like, so like Washington's presidency was like. It, like I know, it's like it's probably gonna be like a little bit boring for like a lot of like the listeners, but like Washington's like presidency was actually like pretty chill. <laughs> like he did all his like real cool shit kind of before. Like the the presidency was essentially like you know, all right, it's down to business. You know what I mean? Like that's why like a ton of this stuff is like, oh, he established like this, and then he appointed well, yeah. these people. The government, this shit like... didn't exist. <laughs> like well, yeah. Well, he set up a lot of stuff, but a lot of people look back on his presidency and they're like, yeah, like he didn't do anything like too exciting or crazy, but like he set the presidency, you know, he set the standard, he established stuff, but like in the grand scheme of things, like it wasn't a lot of crazy stuff. All the crazy stuff happened before. Right. And that's the thing. It was that all of the insane shit that happened, like Washington had enough crazy shit for like multiple people's lifetimes. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, what you're saying. When we were doing this episode, we're like, we got to try to make it uh, like interesting. <laughs> yeah, and then the second episode is probably the best one because it's all this like war stuff and like, oh, it's all cool. And then you get to this one, and he's like appointing judges and shit. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah. like Le- legislation appointment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's all it's still important, you know. Yeah, obviously. I mean. We wouldn't be like the United States would now, like without all these like precedents that he set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So uh, he appointed Alexander Hamilton the Secretary of the Treasury, and Alexander Hamilton was a, uh, you know, he would become like, you know, Federalist. What would be like the Federalist Party, um, or like the people that want like a strong federal government. So, uh, under that. Uh, so, like, at the time, I was saying, like, the Articles of Confederation, all the separate states, they all had their own individual debts. And uh, Washington supported Hamilton's economic policies, uh, like, whereby the federal government would assume all of the state debts, like, collectively. So, yeah. And would agree to pay those back. Um, and <laughs> under under Hamilton, uh, the first bank of the United States was established. The United States Mint was established, and the United States Customs Service was established that would like you know collect tariffs and that kind of thing. It's really important because you need to have that debt so you could have credit, right? So like all the like it's like again, so like I know it's like boring, but it's like all this stuff is like no, 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 the country was like severely indebted and shit, and like this, all of these things would help the country to get themselves out of that debt. You know? Well, yeah, because uh, they kept taking loans out from like the Dutch, the French, yeah. 
Like while the war was Fair going enough, on, they had yeah. representatives in Europe like getting loans. And as the turn, like you know, the tides turned to war, they would get more and more loans from more and more governments, right? Yeah. Um, so like under all this stuff is would allow us to like collectively say, okay, the debt is the federal government's debt. Um, we're like putting our own money now, our like national currency. And um we're establishing a custom service that will enforce these tariffs. So like when a ship would come like a British ship would come into harbor, they would, you know, have to pay, you know, to the customs office, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um like based on what they would bring in, they have to pay like X number of, you know, money to the custom service. Um so I, I, also under Washington, the government raised a tax on whiskey, which had become like really prevalent. Whiskey was popular at the time. Um, other than it being whiskey, um, it still is now, buddy. Yeah, like yeah, like uh, it was well, it was popular at the time because you know a lot of places like out in the frontier couldn't get like a viable like water source. Yeah. Um. So, it, it, like, uh, you know, beer was really common to drink, but beer you would have to at the time beer that you would make, you would have to consume fairly quickly, and it couldn't be transported very well or. Uh, like it would spoil before we get to its destination. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. It essentially at the time it would just turn into like molded water. Oh. Um, and like, it's, you know, health now with like preservatives and like it's bottled, you know what I mean? Like back then it was like poorly done. So, uh, whiskey and rum was like really popular, but the rum manufacturing was, inter- was interrupted because of the revolutionary war and, uh, you know, it's hard to get cane sugar Yeah, yeah. to make the rum. So whiskey became very, very, very popular because it would it would stay preserved, so it was easily portable. Um, yeah, and it was you know uh, easy to make, so that because you didn't need the cane sugar. Um. So, but this tax on whiskey, a, a, a lot of these like whiskey manufacturers said like, oh, you know, this is the exact same kind of thing that a lot of these guys were veterans of the revolutionary war. And they were saying, this is the same kind of thing where we were just fighting a war against is like taxation without, you know, they thought adequate representation, you know what I mean? Cause at the time that system of, you know, state legislatures, which, you know, worked their way up to, you know, they, they essentially, they essentially looked at it as taxation without representation. Um, and so when it came down to it, these, there were 600, um, it was mainly in Pennsylvania where this was happening and, uh, Pennsylvania and Kentucky. And so in Pennsylvania, uh, the, uh, re- there was like a 600 rebels in Pennsylvania, like mustered to protect against tax collection. They actually like took, uh, took, uh, like tax collectors, like hostage and stuff like that and attacked like tax collectors homes and stuff. Um, and Washington <laughs> raised an army of 13,000 to <laughs> combat these 600 rebels. Wow. And the rebels were just like, yeah, all right, we'll go home. <laughs> and like, there wasn't like a fight, like, um, I think in the entire like little conflict, it was like less than a dozen people died or something. And it was all because of like assaults that got out of hand or like accidents or something. Um, 
but that kind of like solidified like you know like oh okay the you know the federal government like can uh, you know because there was all these like questions of like oh can the federal government tax and like you know like how would they do so and like can the federal government like mount like a military and like all that shit and it's like yes <laughs> what year uh, was that the whiskey rebellion i yeah. believe it was 1791 uh, okay okay um well, why are you just asking? Well, I'm just trying to get a timeline going in my head of like um, when this kind of things happened in relations, like when he died. Yeah, yeah. So that was 1791. I think the whole that whole whiskey thing uh, was like 1791 to 1794. Like it was just like on and off, like kind of like oh, we're trying to get those guys to like pay taxes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it. Uh, that like the confrontation, like uh, the meeting or whatever, like happened in um, like 1794. Like the can, the uh, the whiskey manufacturers had been like saying like, oh no, we're not going to do that, and like since 1791, and then it just kind of it came to a head in 1794. Uh, okay. Um. But yeah. Uh. Sorry, trying to find where I was in my notes. Uh, okay, so the uh, after that, also the uh, the government also again to combat like the the high debt, and also uh, at the time the trade that the United States had with Britain was like heavily favored in Britain's favor. Um, and then like there wasn't really anything we could do about it. Um, because we weren't there wasn't a there wasn't a like united like tariff system because again all the states had different tariffs because the Articles of Confederation was ineffective at you know uniting the governments and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um. So when the Constitution you know kind of united all of those into like a single centralized federal government, we were actually able to finally say, uh, okay, England, France, Spain, you know these are these are the taxes on these goods. This is what it costs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of, so it kind of leveled out and made it a little bit, made it more even killed rather than be dominated by those other powers. Um, and again, all, all, all of these like measures were like taken to like help tackle the debt, the insane debt that the States had. Um, uh, and to like to that same point, uh, at the same time, uh, the Barbary states, um, those like North African, um, yeah, the, the yeah, Barbary yeah. states, the North African Barbary states were like pirate, uh, essentially like pirate <laughs> republics, kind of, and they would like just attack like any <laughs> merchant ships, um, and so like the United States uh, merchant fleet was getting like attacked regularly, like Barbary pirates, and uh, Washington. Uh, you know, signed in, signed a uh, the U.S. Navy Act in 1794, which founded the U.S. Navy to uh, like commission ships to help protect the U.S. merchant fleets. The America America eventually went to war and the, the with yeah the Barbary yeah. There's a whole history with the Marine Corps going over there with the Navy and fighting them. Yeah, the Barbary Wars. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty pretty interesting. That was a. Uh, 
like 1801 to 1805 was the first Barbary War, and the second one was 1815. The second one lasted for like three days or something. Um, but yeah. Um, and the, but that was after Washington's. Uh, that kind of came to a head later on because, you know, we had the Navy protecting, but then it just kind of kept being an issue until we finally had to address it with like a full on war in 1801 under uh, Adams. I don't know. Um, then uh, he also, oh, during his presidency, uh, Vermont, Kentucky, and Tennessee um, all became states. Okay. That's cool. Um, he established this, uh, like I said, he established the Supreme Court and uh, appointed the first justice of the first uh, first Supreme Court justice. The actual, like, Supreme Justice was, uh, I think it was John Jay. Um, the guy would sign, like, the Jay Treaty and uh, uh, help, like, again, help, like, make the tariffs more even keel between uh, the United States and Britain. Yeah. Uh, part of the Jay Treaty was that, uh, I mean, you were talking about before the podcast started, but part of the Jay Treaty was that the U.S. government would like compensate pre-revolutionary war like merchants and um, like loyalists who had lost their property and stuff. It's pretty nice because, I mean, the people suffered a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a nice, but i not too sure actually how much of that shit was paid out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, I mean the gesture was nice, but in reality, yeah, not sure how much. Yeah, because I know like even like uh like when a lot of the loyalists like went to Canada, um, they're like promised like equal compensation for like the stuff they owned, and like that just like never happened on that. Yeah, it wasn't like like they did get something, but what if you own, if you own like you know five hundred acres, they would be like, well, here's like two hundred. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, actually, a little tangent here. Uh, if you go to Prince Edward County and like southern, well, southern Ontario, but kind of close to where I live near Ottawa, they call it the Loyalist County. And it's a really beautiful place. They got some nice beaches. There's a uh, provincial park. There are sandbanks, provincial park with beautiful beaches, just like being down south. And there's a lot of farmlands and vineyards there, which is pretty interesting. It's it's a popular wine area. So Ooh. just whenever I think of loyalists, I just think of Prince Edward County because <laughs> it's just it's it's called the Loyalist County, and it's just so beautiful. I love going there. Yeah, that is funny, but like. Because I would assume, like, it's just a ton of, like, just an influx of, like, loyalists, and it's just, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, we'll just here now. Let's say, yeah, shortly after the Revolutionary War, uh, the Crown made land grants to some of the earliest uh, Empire loyalists to settle in this area of Ontario. They're compensated for lost properties. You know, there's consisted of three townships that were um, named after King George III's daughters. They even set up a militia unit, which has been around. I know they got a big history in World War II, the Hasty Peas. They're now a reserve unit. Uh, they fought in the Italian campaign uh, with the Canadian Army. and So, yeah, there's a lot of history, you know, for loyalists, too, which is something we can't forget. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, we should do a fucking... Uh... Do an episode on the uh, Do an app on the fucking HTTP, dog. Fine. Yeah, yeah let's do yeah. it. Put it in the fucking bag. <laughs> um, 
started trying to find where I was. Yeah, no worries. I got a little distracted. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it's fucking. Like, I think that I wish that was something they talked about more. Is like, like, nah, if you were loyal, it's like it was actually like super shitty. Like, yeah, honest, like took all your shit. It's was like, nah, fuck you, kick you out of your house and shit. Like, just took all your shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of talk shit. It's, I mean, I mean, usually the civilians that see the worst side of, you know, war. Yeah. So, gonna be standing there. <laughs> Oh, fuck. It's bad. It's really bad. Um, well, I mean... Okay, oh, so he uh, he also like signed in the uh, Naturalization Act of 1789, uh, which laid out, like, you know, determined, like, you know, what is a citizen of the United States, because also that just... It's insane that that, like, wasn't defined yet. <laughs> like, as you were saying before, also, too, like, in the War of 1812, like, that's, like, another thing of, like, it was like there was no precedent of like what makes you a United States citizen. Yeah. So, the, like, it, so the British would like you. I'll just let you explain it because. Well, yeah. You, so like. So prior prior to the War of eighteen twelve, right? America. Uh, I mean, British ships would kind of like go in to uh, stop American ships and be like, "Hey, you know, you're an American. Like, you're you're actually born in the UK. So we're gonna press gang you into the Royal Navy." And they would say, no, I'm an American citizen because, you know, George Washington, you know, he created, you know, citizenship. And they said, nah, man, you were born in England. You're a citizen of the empire. You got to be on the Royal Navy. And then that was a big contention, like big issue that started the War of 1812 was like the British Navy just stealing American citizens saying that they were British <laughs> and just oh. forced them into the Navy. And, and it was one of those things where it was like, you know, you got to join, you're going to get flogged. <laughs> I mean, to be fair. Britain had like always done that yeah. with their citizens, like to their navy, because yeah, they just going around. Oh, na- damn, damn shocker! No one wants to be on a fucking ship in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I'd, damn, I'd that's rather, crazy. I'd rather get like dysentery in the peninsula with Wellington than be on a ship. Yeah, fuck that. Um, so like pretty much like like that's it in terms of like uh, I mean there was like the Northwest. Uh, in the Northwest, like Indian War, um, that like Washington, that like the, the United States fought against. Uh, it was like one of the various like Indian Wars. It was like the Indians were in an area and we're like, hey, we want that land. And then the Indians were like, no. And then uh, also like Canada was like, no. Like uh, the province of Quebec and the province of Lower Canada at the time, they're like, no. Yeah. And then uh, we just were like, all right, and we just went to war, like, with the Indians officially, not really, unofficially with Lower Canada and the province of uh, Quebec, unofficially. Um, and that then, was the, uh, the Northwest Indian yeah, War. Yeah. And then uh, we just like won it, kick all, kick the Indians out. Um. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Hashtag sorry. It was, uh, yeah, it was the Iroquois. Yeah, the uh, Northwest Shawnee, like, Confederacy. The or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was all the Ohio Valley or yeah. Ohio River Valley, which is, you know, an important yeah. thing prior to the war. Yeah, we say Northwest, but it was like, now it's like Midwest, like, yeah. over, like over there. Um, But 
And like Washington didn't oversee that. Like he personally led the Whiskey Rebellion, like the force that like took down the Whiskey Rebellion, but he didn't lead the force that like oversaw the Northwest Indian War. Um, but I mean, other than that, like his presidency is like honestly like relatively uneventful. Um, and then uh, until like the end of it, in which he like ceded power, which like at the time like just did not happen. Um, you know, you did oh. usually had it until they like died. Oh, um, sorry, I'm a little off. I'm looking at some notes here, and um, oh yeah, you had a couple things you want to mention. Well, no, I'm just saying about this like uh, Northwest Indian War. Um, the uh, some of the people that fought are kind of like relatives and kind of mixed in with my my tribe, the Ojibwe. Bruce. So uh, my ancestors might have possibly been involved in that. Um. Alright. Yeah, it's uh it's right, 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 right. something I, I think we should really talk about is like some some native uh history stuff. I think it'd be pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's cool. I hope uh I hope none of them were killed shittily. That would suck. Yeah. Well the Ojibwe were kinda of known for like burning people and like Oh, it was some really terrible things. Like, yeah, they were known for like burning people alive and like skinning them and stuff. I don't quote me on it, but I, I've read it somewhere. So <clears throat> there's some pretty <clears throat> interesting things going on there. Uh, well, I mean, just you know, war with war before 2000. <laughs> yeah, not very chill. It was not very cash money. Yeah, it's kind of uh, shitty extremely terrible i mean but also there's also like a thing of like it's like like oh yeah it helped the united states be a thing it's also like yeah but like it's not your land dog like we're (laughs) gonna skin you alive homie like (laughs) like fuck dude like all right i guess i think i think the getting burnt is probably worse i don't know just fuck that Getting Joan of Arc, getting Joan of Arc, man. Fuck, dude. Just give me the fucking arrow, dude. Fuck either of those. Yeah. Fuck, just kill me the fucking arrow, dog. Uh, Jesus. The guy from Lost Mohicans just eat yourself off a cliff. You have never seen that movie, dude. It's a really good movie. Is it? Yeah, it's got some good uh, French Indian War scenes. I fucking love uh, Daniel Day Lewis. I need to watch it. Yeah, dude, that's a good movie. Love to watch it and talk about it. Um, oh my god, tangent. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, but no, so like, it literally his presidency was like was like pretty uneventful, other than like the things mentioned. But I like, think it's kind of a, it's kind of a good thing though. It just kind of shows stability. Yeah, like like uh, like uneventful in terms of like, oh damn, there's like wars and shit. Like no, nah, like it was kind of good that there was was no giant war at the time because, like, from the stuff we mentioned, like America was still defining itself. Like the, it didn't in the form that it does now. It didn't even exist at the time. Like even after we defeated the British and like we were, you know, the United States. Like we still didn't really exist until Washington's like president. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of cool that he helped to define some of the stuff that like still happens now. Like oh, yeah. it's really honestly kind of cool and shows like the, his like legacy and all that. Um, but uh, so he he seated power in, in 1797 which i said like i just like didn't happen back then like usually if 
you know, usually if you're in power back then, like you stayed in power until you died, or you know, you were usurped or something like that. Uh, but he was just like, uh, no, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, so that was 1797. Uh, John Adams became president. Um, and uh, he passed away on December 14th, 1799, after uh, he went out to like go check his like farm and stuff. And uh, his wife was like, You were saying his wife was like, Hey, put on a coat, it's cold. And he's like, Ah, oh, I ain't no bitch. And then he like got sick and fucking died. <laughs> yeah, it's but, honestly one of those like, Yeah, I don't need a coat, Martha, like chill. And then he straight up got sick. God, just imagine fucking Martha Washington fucking being like, I bet you wish you'd put on the fucking coat now, huh? Yeah. God. Washington's like, don't bury me longer than three days after I'm dead. Just well. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dies. Jesus. He was, just, he was inspecting his farm on a horseback and he returned late and had dinner with some guests and he got a sore throat the next day. But, uh, you know, he got some. He was well enough to mark some trees for cutting, and then he complained of chest congestion, and then he awoke to an inflamed throat, difficulty breathing, and then they did a bunch of bloodletting, which is completely useless, and then, uh, hours <laughs> later he idiot. died. Like, oh, I'm sick. Like, oh, it made me bleed, dog. Fucking <laughs> so, stupid. They think he had a tonsil infection, pretty much, which is like fever, sore throat, trouble opening your mouth, your voice gets all... Damn, he just needed his fucking tonsils taken out. Well, it has something to do with an infection. It's called Quincy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a very 18th century disease. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, well, they say his death came more swiftly than expected. So. Yeah. Kinda, um, it's kind of, kind of a shitty way to go out for, like, a, a great man. But, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to his... Uh... Like the crypt thing at Mount Vernon. Yeah. Dude, Mount Vernon. You gotta go, dog. Yeah, I wanna it, go. I wanna go. <laughs> bro, it looks tight as fuck. It's cool as shit. Dude, you know what? <laughs> you know that? <laughs> no, I think it's Shane Gillis when he's talking and he's on the comedy skit about the slave quarters. God. Dude, God, <laughs> dude. I can't not think of Mount Vernon now without thinking what I'm talking about that. <laughs> like, bro, uh, you know that big ass river? Like, you'll hear, like, if you, like, if anyone's like ever like looked into like American history, like you'll know, like or, like you're familiar with the Washington D.C. area, like you'll be familiar with the Potomac River. Yeah. Um, like like a uh, Grant or not Grant, um, yeah, Grant in the Civil War, he was the leader of the Army of the Potomac. Um. So, but like the Potomac River is like a big river up by like D.C. in that area. Um, yo, Mount Vernon is like on. Uh, the Potomac. And, uh, like, you, like, w- like, the front of the house is, like, has this, like, big circle drive. You just imagine, like, fucking carriages shit walk riding up to it. Yeah. And, uh, you go into, like, the back. Like, the back, it's got, like, a big back porch with, like, these big, like, fucking columns and shit. And then, like, you look out and, like, the yard, <laughs> the yard, like, slopes down. And then it's the Potomac River right there. The whole giant fucking thing. <laughs> Like I didn't know. Like you can't tell from the looking at the front. The house is so fucking big. Yeah. You you can't tell what's behind it. So like you walk outside, and I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like it like honestly like looks really like beautiful. 
Yeah. Is like you walk out and there's just like really scenic view of the Potomac River. You're like, Jesus. <laughs> like you can imagine, like back when he got back when he built all that shit, like it was just nothing but like countryside that you could see probably. Mm-hmm. It's really nice looking, honestly. Um, you should go. Ten out of ten would recommend. Yeah, there's a couple of places I want to go in the States. Uh, there's actually something kind of a little thing I like to talk about. It's um so essentially um Washington's like military officers created like a fraternity named after him essentially like oh yeah 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 it's pretty cool it's called the Society of uh, Cincinnati which is where the city got its name from but essentially the society is named after Lucius Quintus Cincinnatus who essentially left his farm to accept his term as Roman consul and then he served as like temporary dictator of ancient Rome like this is like Republic era and he kind of like assumed the role like of military leader for an emergency, uh, won a battle. Then he returned to the Senate and kind of went back to plowing his fields. And then he kind of like selfish, selflessly, you know, relinquished everything he had to save the Republic. And then it happened again. And he went from, you know, being, you know, a, a senator plowing his fields to being dictator again. And then when the crisis was over, he returned to, you know, just living his life, being a farmer or whatever being a senator and so a bunch of washington's military officers created this like secret fraternity in honor of cincinnatus and george washington for doing the same thing because washington famously kind of like stepped aside after his second term as president and was like nope i gotta set the precedence of like two-term limit i did my job i'm going back to my farm fields like you know job done so his you know his military officers out of respect for him kind of came up with this society and it's kind of like a, it's almost like a hereditary thing where it's only like family members of the original people that are allowed to be part of it at this point. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was pretty interesting and I kind of, I kind of like to talk about this whenever I can because I love yeah. ancient Rome. Yeah, I do. We have to uh, do episodes on it, dude. So some of the original members are obviously George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr, the Marquis de Lafayette, John Paul Jones. I saw that uh, Von Steuben guy was also in it. Oh, Von Steuben, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nathaniel Green. Uh, so just oh, yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah, Von Steuben, yeah. So a bunch of people, essentially you know, like a who's who of <laughs> all of the military generals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, Benjamin Talmadge. Okay, yeah, he was ooh. the uh, spy master for uh, Washington. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> dude, turn is good. <laughs> turn Washington five. Yeah, fucking good. good but yeah, so essentially, I was that's a pretty neat little thing, and um, I, I kind of like to throw that in. I was actually talking to uh, someone uh, who likes the podcast and listening to the episodes, and I kind of brought this up in a conversation, and I was like, "Oh, I need to make sure I talk about this." <laughs> oh, dude, that and uh, damn, what is that like History Channel? America, the story of us. That shit's good. Never seen it in my life. It's fucking good. Dude. You gotta watch it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, so, like to close it out, I wanted to read a portion of um, Washington's farewell address. It's kind of a little chunky little paragraph, but I think it really like kind of summarizes just his presidency and like what he kind of wanted for you know the people and like all this kind of stuff. Um. So it reads, uh, the unity of government, which which constitutes you one people, is also now is also now dear to you. It is justly so, 
for it is a main pillar in the edifice of your real independence, the support of your tranquility at home, your peace abroad, of your safety, of your prosperity, of that very liberty which you so highly prize. But as it is easy to foresee that from different but as but as it is easy to foresee that from different causes and from different quarters much pains will be taken, many artifices employed to weaken in your minds the conviction of this truth, as this is the point in your political fortress against which the batteries of internal and external enemies will be most constantly and actively though often covertly and insidiously directed, it is of infinite moment that you should properly estimate the immense value of your national union to your collective and individual happiness, that you should cherish a cordial, habitual, and immovable attachment to it, accustoming yourselves to think and speak of it as the palladium of your political safety and prosperity, watching for its preservation with jealous anxiety, Discounting uh, whatever may suggest even a suspicion that it can in any event be abandoned, and indignantly frowning upon the first dawning of every attempt to alienate out any to alienate any portion of our country from the rest, or to enfeeble the sacred ties which now link together the various parts. So essentially, he's saying like look to the union, like look to this, like, you know, all the people that like value this thing that now exists that is the United States. You have to look that to that union of the States as the ultimate symbol of, you know, what makes you, you know, prosperous, what makes you feel safe, what makes you happy now, like all of that is possible because of the union and you have to sustain through political infighting internally from external wars and things like that. You have to maintain your conviction and the union ultimately. And I just thought that was really cool or kind of a way to like summarize his own like presidency. And I think that was kind of the point of him saying that in the, in the farewell address of like just highlighting all these parts, you know what I mean? That kind of goes back to what we talked about in the last episode, is, like, ability for perseverance. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, on that note, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, This has been our 10th episode, which is uh, a nice little milestone, so thanks to everyone who's been listening and supporting, and you know, hopefully leaving reviews on all the podcast websites for us. Really appreciate it. So just make sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Our YouTube is now up with all these episodes in video format and that's pretty much it um thanks for listening really appreciate it and enjoy the rest of your day yeah see you next time